0: This episode is brought to you by Odd Moe's Pizza in camby Handmade, awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at
1: oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Camby Four Square Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Candy. your source
0: for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal but they take it away from you.
1: We had to learn how to win. The
2: goal can't be in the last second of the game!
0: And interesting conversations.
2: Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact.
0: I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. <laughs> with
2: an old maid daughter that makes make the best moonshine in the coast. <laughs> if it would hit me in the face, I think I
0: would have died. I really do. It, 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 I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
1: Welcome to Now Hear This Camby Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Clausen, and this is what's happening this week in our community. Clackamas County officials are investigating an officer-involved shooting in Wilsonville Tuesday afternoon that left two people critically injured. According to the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office, deputies contacted the city of Wilsonville, pulled over a stolen car at about 12.30 p.m. near Wilsonville Road and Town Center Loop East near the Safeway shopping complex and a Wilsonville police station. At least one of the two people in the car was armed, police say, and the suspects and deputies traded gunfire. Both occupants of the vehicle were shot. Deputies began life-saving measures and rendered other aid until paramedics with Tualatin Valley Fire and Rescue arrived on the scene. They were taken to a nearby hospital and listed in critical condition. No deputies were injured, but a parole vehicle was struck by gunfire. The names of the people involved have not yet been released. It was pretty scary. We heard the shots go off and just took cover. Madison Sims, who works in the area, told KATU News. It was pretty, pretty gnarly. I've never personally dealt with anything like this before, so it was a little nerve-wracking to hear that it happened right outside my shop. The involved deputies have been placed on paid administrative leave pursuant to standard policy and a major crimes team is investigating along with the Clackamas County District Attorney's Office. Detectives from the Oregon State Police and Milwaukee Police Department are leading the investigation with assistance from Lake Oswego, Canby, Milwaukee, and Tualatin detectives oregon city police are also investigating a shooting on sunday night that left two people injured the oregon city police department responded to a reported shooting in the municipal parking lot located at 1220 main street about 8 31 p.m sunday officials said upon arriving Officers located two victims injured in the shooting. One, a 24-year-old male, was transported to Oregon Health and Science University Hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. The second victim, a 21-year-old female, sustained minor injuries and was treated at the scene by paramedics. Police did not say what may have led to the shooting but disclosed that the suspect, who remains at large, and victims are known to one another. The investigation is ongoing and the Oregon City Police Department is seeking additional information and witnesses to the incident. Almost exactly two years after a historic ice storm pummeled the Willamette Valley, leaving thousands without power for days or even weeks, winter weather was once again in the forecast this week. National Weather Service officials issued a winter weathery advisory for the Portland area, including Camby, throughout Valentine's Day. Though snow accumulation was light, schools throughout the Camby and North Marion school districts were on a two-hour delayed start Tuesday morning with AM preschool canceled. Temperatures are expected to climb into the mid to high 40s later this week, but may plummet again next week with a low of 23 and possible snow predicted for Wednesday. Daytime and overnight warming shelters are open in Clackamas County anytime the weather is predicted to be 33 degrees or lower, including wind chill, or when other conditions such as snow, wind, flooding, or other weather conditions make sleeping outdoors especially dangerous. Overnight shelters are available in Canby at Zor Lutheran Church, 190 Southwest 3rd Avenue from 6 p.m. to 7 a.m. A meal will be offered after church activities. Dogs on leashes and small pets and carriers are welcome, but confirm with staff. For information call 503-266-4061. Shelters are also available in Malala Hope Center and the Father's Heart Street Ministry in Oregon City. The Camby Public Library 220 Northeast 2nd Avenue is also available as a Daytime Warming Center during normal business hours whenever temperatures reach 35 degrees or lower for a maximum stay of two hours. For a complete list of daytime warming centers and other information, visit clackamas.us relief. Amid frigid temperatures, Portland General Electric recommends setting your water heater thermostat to 120 degrees for safety and savings. PGE also advises that each degree you lower your thermostat in the winter, you will save an estimated 2% on your heating bill. Winter weather also brings the risk of power outages, and it's a good idea to be prepared. PEG recommends an outage kit that includes flashlights, headlamps, a battery-powered radio, car chargers for your mobile devices, 72-hour supply of ready-to-eat food and water, and extra blankets. Learn more at portlandgeneral.com slash beprepared. To report or check the status of an outage, call 503-464-777 or 800-544-1795 or visit the online outage map at portlandgeneral.com outages. More than 120 members of an Oregon Army National Guard unit were recognized at a demobilization ceremony at Camp Withicum in Clackamas recently after their service supporting United States allies in the wake of the Russian invasion of Ukraine last year. Members of Charlie Company 1st Squadron 82nd Cavalry Regiment were recognized by federal, state, and local officials during the ceremony held at Camp Withicombe Armed Forces Readiness Center on Saturday, February 4th. During its nearly year-long deployment as part of Operation Atlantic Resolve in Poland, the unit provided a vital role while contributing support to U.S.-NATO allies in Eastern Europe, following the invasion of Ukraine in February 2022. The deployment was one of the largest mobilizations of Oregon National Guard members since Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan in 2006. The 82nd Cavalry Regiment currently serves with the 81st Striker Brigade Combat Team of the Washington Army National Guard and is headquartered in Bend, Oregon. The units selected for mobilization to Portland comprised the Medic section of HHT Bend, the Mortar section of the Dalles, and Charlie Troop of Portland. In his remarks welcoming home Charlie Troop, Major General Michael Stenzel, Adjutant General for Oregon, emphasized the timely sense of uncertainty when they first arrived in Poland in January of 2022. When you embark upon your mission to support our NATO partners, tensions in Eastern European were coming to a critical point. Shortly after your arrival, the Russian military invaded Ukraine, Stenzel continued. I am sure that there's some an initial trepidation and apprehension for many of you as you witnessed the immense influxes of Ukrainian refugees arriving in Poland by car, train, and often foot. Following Stenzel's remarks, introduced new governor Tina Kotek for her first official military observance in her new office. As many Americans watch the invasion of the Ukraine, I'm proud to know that you were there serving the communities of Poland, she told the unit. I am not surprised that you were there doing the very key work at a critical time because that's what Oregon National Guard has been doing. You are no stranger to demanding situations, and you are well equipped to work with a wide variety of partners. While in Poland, the troop also took part in the Iron Wolf 2 exercise, with Battle Group Lithuania driving their strikers over 200 miles to the Rukin training area in Lithuania from Poland. This was a challenge, as the trip took over 14 hours, but the transition was quick, all the while taking part in major training exercises. Over 4,000 soldiers from Lithuania, Norway, Germany, Poland, and Great Britain conducted training in what was termed a near pure threat exercise mirroring real world dangers in neighboring Ukraine. Also in attendance during the ceremony, U.S. Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon touched on the long U.S. relationship with allied partners dating back to World War II, through the Cold War, and now to the present day deployment. Americans always get it right after they've tried everything else, Wyden said, paraphrasing a famous and likely apothecal quote attributed to Winston Churchill. But the general stencil and Oregon National Guard They always get it right the first time. All of us appreciate the wonderful courage and valor of our troops because Oregon's National Guard, they weren't running from potential dangers. They just kept answering the call and volunteering during this employment to help in any way they could. Prior to her election as governor and Oregon's new commander in chief, Kotak served as the speaker of the House of Representatives in 2013 to 2022. In that role, she saw firsthand direct support with domestic operations by service members when responding to initial outbreak of the COVID-19 virus. In her closing remarks, Kotech praised these long-sustained efforts made by Oregon National Guard members. As citizen soldiers, you have demonstrated time after time, mission after mission, how to draw on past accomplishments and apply them to current challenges, she said. Your rapid and professional response has earned you a place in history and in the hearts of Oregonians. You are patriots in every sense of the word. Cougar Country Hometown Sports Coverage is brought to you by Rife & Huntsacre PC. When you need an attorney, turn to the firm Camby is trusted for over 50 years. Call them today at 503-266-3456. For the latest sports news, follow us on Twitter at Cougar Country or on Instagram at Cougar Country Pod. The Camby High School girls and boys swim team set a new high-water mark in their phenomenal debut campaign in the Northwest Oregon Conference Saturday, finishing first and second in the district championships and qualifying for the state meet next weekend. The girls claimed the district title in a dominant performance, scoring 332 team points, far outpacing second-place Hood River Valley's score of 230.5. The Camby boys finished their side of the meet in second with a score of 240, just behind Champion Hood River Valley with 254. Camby had three relay teams bring the district home, the girls' 200 medley, the girls' 400 medley, and the boys' 400 freestyle relay. The same boys also finished second in the 200 medley relay. In individual performances, senior Allison Yancey, took first in the 200 individual medley and 100 backstroke, while junior Amanda Yancey won the 500 freestyle and 100 breaststroke. The duo, along with Wilsonville senior Helena Jones, were the only female athletes to double up on gold in the district events. Avery Kentonowen also took first in the girls 100 butterfly with a time of 59.96 seconds, and finished second in the 200 IM. Kai Leighton won the boys' 200 IM with a time of 2:08.29 29 and second in the 100 breaststroke. Hamby's nine district champions were the most of any team in the NWOC finals. Wilsonville won six individual titles and Park Rose earned four, while Sentinel. Hood River Valley and LaSalle Prep each crowned one district champion apiece. All athletes finishing first or second qualified for the state meet in their individual events. Kaylee Mole was second in the girls' 100 and 200 freestyle, and Karina Sawatsky finished second in the 100 breaststroke. Rounding out the boy placers, Isaac Beck swam to second in the 200 and 500 free and Ethan Beck claimed second in the 200 IM. Camby swim coach Eric Lettinen noted that the teams wouldn't have finished as high as they did in their team scores if not for the contributions of swimmers up and down the lanes. Any swimmer finishing in the top 12 earned points for their team. Next up, Camby's top swimmers will get ready for the state meet which will be held Friday and Saturday, February 17th and 18th at Tualatin Hills Aquatic Center in Beaverton. Hey, Frankie, I'm going to be a little late to our next episode. I have to go to Portland for a doctor's appointment. I've been dealing with this cold and it feels like forever. So I need to just go see if I can get a prescription.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. But hey,
1: you could probably just do a telehealth appointment, right?
0: Rather than having to drive all the way out there. Uh, Yeah, I would teleport if I could, but mm, pretty sure that hasn't been invented yet. (laughs) No, not teleport, Tyler. Telehealth. Telehealth is like the remote diagnosis and treatment of patients through the use of telecommunications tech, like, you know, like a video call.
1: Well, yeah, it would would actually be really nice to not have to drive all the way out there for a simple appointment like this one.
0: Yeah, and hey, you know, telehealth uh, isn't even just about remote doctor's appointments. There's been a big boom in connected devices that can help monitor your health and track different vitals. Smartwatches these days they can track your heart rate, calories burned during a workout, even run ECG tests and keep track of your blood oxygen levels. Plus, there are devices out there that can help keep track of aging loved ones' health needs, like sensors that can tell when a medicine cabinet has been opened, or pressure pads that tell you when they've gotten out of bed. Wow, that's all really cool. What do you do with all that health data? Well, you can track and send some of the data to your doctor, and there are even tests that can be done over the internet too, like using a digital stethoscope to examine and record a patient's heart and lung sounds during a
1: telemedicine video call. I guess you'd need a pretty solid internet connection to make these devices talk to one another and send data back and forth, right?
0: Yeah, you bet. Fast, consistent download and upload speeds are necessary to transfer live video and medical information. And the best option in town for reliable, secure, and fast connections are our friends at DirectLink. Visit them online at www.directlink.coop for more information or give their local team a call at
1: 503-266-8111. Do you think they'll figure out how to do teleporting next? Because that would be cool. I'll ask them. Okay. (laughs)
0: All right, joining us on the Kami Conversation today, we are excited to be welcoming back our new Clackamas County Clerk, Catherine McMullen. Hi, Catherine, how are you?
2: I'm doing great, thank you you for having me back, Frankie.
0: For the first time as clerk, um, you've been there for about six weeks. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how it's been going and congratulations on the new role, obviously.
2: Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's um, been Quite fantastic, really. Um, you know, as county clerk, I have three divisions: the elections division, which everyone
0: knows about. <laughs> yes, the recording division,
2: um, which involves recording real property and mm. issuing marriage licenses, mm-hmm. and then also the records management division, which is yeah. keeping track of county records. And we also do passports yeah. in that department. Um, so I have you know 19 staff, and I've been getting to know all of them mm-hmm. and finding ways that I c- can support them and that we can do the good work for. The the citizens and the residents of Clackamas County.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just out of curiosity, your time in your office is it kind of thirty-three percent, thirty-three percent, or or, is it, or does it kind of change throughout the year? Kind of how much of your attention goes to these uh, somewhat pretty different
2: roles? Yeah, it definitely shifts. Yeah. Um, I spend a lot of my time with elections. Mm-hmm. That's where my background is. But right. since I also am a former librarian, okay. um, I am extremely interested in our records management and our recording departments mm-hmm. and look forward to digging into those um, with staff a little bit more too soon. Um, but with we have two elections coming right up. We have a special election for the city of Westland and then a countywide special district election in May. Yeah. So really... Um, making sure elections and the staff there have everything they need so that we can move forward with some great elections this spring has been my my primary focus yeah
0: yeah um you obviously uh campaigned very well uh for this role obviously we're successful um i think you know it's different person to person and office to office but a lot of times you see Uh, folks kind of coming into new positions and really with um, not necessarily looking to change things, you know, looking to kind of get their feet up. You obviously did have some goals coming in that you were really looking to do. Um, I'm not uh, expecting that in six weeks you've accomplished everything, but what are uh, maybe some of the things you wanna share that you really came in and and wanted to hit the ground running with, with, you know, if you wanna call it changes or improvements or just um, focuses? Um, What were maybe some of your big priorities stepping into this new role?
2: yeah for me it's really important that we immediately start to work on rebuilding trust Mm -hmm. with the public Uh through good and responsive governance yeah and that means spending um, dollars wisely and Mm -hmm. having accurate and transparent and inclusive elections yeah Um, one of the first things i did was bring on a new interim elections manager and burke jones and between them and myself we have worked in I think six different jurisdictions Mm. um, and have gotten to um, learn quite a bit from other places as well Mm -hmm. as here in Clackamas County um, and really coming together to make sure we have the procedures and processes and proofing in place so that um, we can be forward thinking rather than looking back on issues. Yeah,
0: yeah. Are there specific, um, obviously that's a laudable goal to, to build and and rebuild, as you mentioned, uh, a a trust with some of the issues that um, had happened in the past uh, before you came on, obviously. Um, uh, Are there sort of specific uh, things and ways that you're looking to do that? Uh, Because to me, it's really like especially with elections, right? The best way is just to to do it, right? Just to do the elections and do them well. And it's really one of those things that as long as there's not like major screw-ups, people are kind of happy with uh, just, you know, the status quo and things going. Um, But are there kind of specific Outreaches, or or just ways that you're looking to kind of show that um, you're you're sort of doing this job well.
2: Yeah, very much so. Um, Demonstrating competency by Mm. doing the work well is a first goal, and we do that through accuracy. I I consider every election a project, and bring Mm. project management skills to that. And so we have a project calendar for each election. We have a media and communications plan for each one. Mm. Um, We have staff assigned to each aspect of that, Um, and then we. We are encouraging cross-training so that there's more than one person that knows how to do each aspect of the process. As we run from designing the ballot to sending the ballots out to receiving them, verifying your signature, and counting and tallying and releasing results. Yeah. Um, So yeah, every election is a project with a few hundred steps, um, and we've got that all (laughs) all down. Right. um, You know, working through it and two hundred and (laughs) sixty-eight. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh man, um, so I'm really curious, uh, and maybe you don't have like the um, uh, you know the minutiae of this necessarily uh, ready to explain. But um, what are you looking to do in terms? Because I do think that that's something that um, was maybe a little bit of a weakness and, and something that could be improved in terms of uh, around elections, the uh, the public and media engagement. What are you uh, obviously maybe not for? The, the really small, you know, I, it'll scale. I imagine based mm-hmm. on the size of the election, but obviously for for a countywide one like we have coming up, what would that kind of look like, or what do you envision?
2: Yeah, so we have a, a media plan that highlights important deadlines, mm-hmm. um, reaching out to community through press releases, yeah. social media, and then outreach events. Yeah. Um, for example, coming here to talk to you, and then mm-hmm. next week we're going to be um, having a table at What's Up Estacada, which oh, cool. is an event at the library. Mm-hmm. Um, so being in community, showing up to organizations sharing information. And right now, you know, the outreach for this May election is threefold. It's about registering to vote, getting your ballot, being a successful voter. Um, mm-hmm. Second, it's about that opportunity to file for office. Yeah. Um, the special district election is my favorite because it's when everyone really? from <laughs> the community, yeah. Are you the only one? Odd no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if I'm the only one. I don't think I am, um, but it's Not f- the sexiest though, but- Well, <laughs> I think it's, it's one of the most important elections. Yeah. So it's the special di- district election. So it's your fire, water, school cool. boards, mm-hmm. all of these. Local community leaders making decisions about how the money is spent, what mm-hmm. decisions are made, um, and you can step up and run for office. It's you know low barrier to entry. It's ten dollars yeah. to file, mm-hmm. and then twenty five dollars to file a, a voters' pamphlet statement. Um, and we have a hundred and thirty six positions I was gonna
0: open. Say, some kind of eye popping mm-hmm. numbers when you really dig and, in, and
2: more you know in more than forty four districts yeah. that Clackamas County is accepting filings for. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Some of these places I've mm-hmm. never heard of, like the and, the Mossy Bray Water District. <laughs> 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 wasn't there like a Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, Sleepy yes. Hollow. <laughs>
2: yeah, and here in <laughs> think the Cambie area, yeah, yeah, and the Cambie area we have three different educational districts. There's mm-hmm. the Clackamas Community College, yep. the Clackamas ESD, the Clackamas School District. We have the Cambie Fire District, and then for um, miscellaneous districts. We even have the Canby Area Park and Recreation District that has three positions open. Um, And that's just here in Canby. So depending on where you live, you can look up and see what districts you are in and um, decide if you want to serve and lead in that capacity. Um, And the third opportunity to serve, which is going to be up on our website soon, is we're going to be looking for temporary election workers to help actually conduct the election and be part of democracy. Mm. So that that can be going as a pair of two to go pick up ballots, um, to answering phones, um, to helping with line control. We probably won't have lines for this election, but in larger elections, but it's always a great way if you want to have a hands-on approach to democracy, learning how it actually works um, Mm -hmm. from the inside, we're going to be recruiting for that too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For, for anyone interested in potentially in um, uh, in, in politics or in government uh, or even just in community service, like mm-hmm. you say, it is a really nice kind of entry level way where, um, you know, you, you're, you're probably not doing a big campaign or, you know, i trying to find donors or anything like that to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to get some of these positions. just uh, a way to kind of dip your toe in and see see and, and just contribute. So,
1: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Some of these boards uh, probably do struggle to find uh, folks, warm bodies.
2: They do, I mean filing (laughs) opened on Monday um, and so far we've had 26 people. Um, I just got an update in the car on my way over, 26 people have filed for office. And so filing doesn't close until March 16th, but there's plenty of open positions, um, yeah. and it's nice to see, I mean, if s- someone doesn't run, then there's a write-in, and yeah. so you could write someone in, but it's nice to see when there aren't very many write-ins. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. Um, and, and uh, what's kind of the consequence if, if some of these seats go unfilled?
2: Um, so generally, there's a write-in line on yeah. your ballot, and then someone will be asked to step up, and a few people will write in their name, and they might win by five votes or <laughs> yeah.
0: ten. Yeah, um, landslide. <laughs>
2: yeah, and you know, no matter how many votes it is, it's still an important position. Yeah. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, so how can folks? Uh, you might have mentioned about how can folks find out more about that or or potentially um, sign up.
2: Yeah so um folks can go to our website which is um, um dot US mm-hmm. or slash elections, or you can just Google search Clackamas County elections. Um, And then the May 16th election has its own webpage. Um, There's a notice of board elections with all the positions. We also did a press release this week, which also has them on there. Mm -hmm. You can call our office and we can look you up and let you know which which districts you're in. Um, You can also go, there's an online map of Clackamas County where you can type in your residence address and see um, where you'd be qualified to run.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to take you back to uh, something you mentioned earlier, Catherine, as far as w- one of your big priorities, which I mm-hmm. think, again, is really laudable, of rebuilding trust in, in um, you know, our election system here in Clackamas County. Uh, obviously, the, the first thing my brain kind of went to and maybe some of the listeners as well is, uh, you know, some of the issues that we've had very specific to Clackamas mm-hmm. County. Um, And, and, you know, your predecessor um, and some of the um, mistakes are are, uh, kind of very publicly (laughs) invisible uh, issues. Um, But also that's not the only um, thing that kind of trust may potentially need to be built around because outside of Clackamas County and in in a very uh, more statewide and certainly even national, there's been... um, A lot of focus on our elections and 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 misinformation and and Mm -hmm. um uh concerns uh founder or otherwise about um uh, about our elections and about the the vote count um and and i imagine that that's also something you're speaking to um how have you kind of have you have you as i know a, a lot of other uh clerk's offices have around the state been getting calls and been getting nasty emails or things, how, how do you kind of, uh, have you experienced that? How do you plan to kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, deal with that? And um, I guess, is that also something you've been dealing with on top of the kind of very specific to Clackamas County things that you've been addressing as well?
2: Yeah, I, I think um, it's twofold. There's national conversations as well as local conversations. Yeah. And um, when I think about what you ask about, I think about election integrity yeah. and the opportunity that happens when um, someone comes to you either in curiosity or mm-hmm. even in anger um, yeah. to get information, yeah. and it's a, it's a great way to share that information. You know, and being completely transparent, transparency mm-hmm. I think is really key to this. Yeah. Um, showing the steps in the process, um, sh- you know, showing inviting people in to watch the process. Mm -hmm. We have a really nice observation space um, for observers. They can come in and they can see through the glass what is happening and then giving tours um, and all of that and then adding transparency so that the voter knows if there's an issue with their ballot, they know that their ballot's been counted. We're mm-hmm. looking at some different ways to, to add some of those services in the yeah. next fiscal year. So you would yeah. know if your ballot was sent to you, you'd know to check your mailbox um, whenever it comes back um, to our office, then you would know that it was received and that the signature was verified and that it was accepted for counting. Yeah. Um, the vote by mail process in Oregon is really strong. Um, mm. We've perfected it over, you know, the last 25. more than 20 years, yeah, yeah since 1998. Yeah. Um, and we have really strong processes in processes in place yeah. on a statewide level that are determined that us county clerks at the county level carry out um, and really showing that path of the ballot we're looking at mm-hmm. different ways that we can do that um, through video and through tours and outreach um, so that everyone who has questions, questions can get those questions answered because yeah. I, I think that's where a lot of that comes in yeah. um, and you know I've managed social media for an elections division before and it, when it comes to misinformation, disinformation and malinformation, you really address it head on. Yeah. You share the accurate information. Um, you're right there answering questions where the voters are having that confusion, be yeah. it on social media. At their door, or when they're in your office. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I really like uh, all, all of what you said. I really mm-hmm. like, especially the uh, the focus on transparency, because mm-hmm. I do think that that's kind of the, the the number one antidote, right? Is is to to listen, to to take you know their concerns in good faith, you know, to not just sort of discount them or or whatnot, but to, but to listen and then just be like, open the door, and just come have a look, you know, like mm-hmm. like you'll you'll very quickly see. Um, you know, if they have been told something that's not accurate or whatnot, they can, you know, see with their own eyes what, what's really happening, right? So, and, and that's a good way to. Yeah. Um, have you had some of those conversations yet in, in sort of real time where you've had the opportunity to uh, kind of meet with a, a citizen or a constituent and, and sort of alleviate uh, maybe some concerns or some misinformation that they might have uh, received?
2: We have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in our office, is, even, even, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: people call with questions and um, mm. we actually will invite people in. We can answer questions. Um, I also have experienced this in, you know, previously working at, you know, oh, sure. Multnomah County elections. Yeah. But then also just at the doors talking to voters, which I did a whole lot of last year, mm. um, yeah. answering questions right then and there um, where the voter had them and often Having someone show up who had the expertise to answer those questions, even you know, sit and discuss everything for ten or fifteen minutes, yeah, solved solved a lot. Um, yeah. Just being available um, to explain how it works, what the process is, what you can do if your signature, you know, is challenged because it didn't match or you forgot to sign your ballot, yeah. um, you know, how to make sure that you can participate in the process. Yeah,
0: yeah. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears, even chainsaws? No.
1: That's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a
0: baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, Or that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle. Wait.
1: Do you know any trivia that isn't like animal
0: related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Cambie goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Cambie's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I and, wait. What? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Cambie Chamber for that long, and they donate over twenty thousand dollars to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations
1: each. Year. wow i'm legitimately like caught off that's cool
0: yeah they also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff some of them as young as 18
1: hey that's older than you are uh dude i'm te- i'm 10 months younger than you
0: with, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer the Canby wild Hares expansive outdoor patio is the place to be furry friends welcome
1: Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net.
0: Um, so, I'm going to ask you a, a real specific question mm-hmm. with our, our next elections here um, now that you're, you're in, in the role that you are. Um, how, do we, how, how are we going to avoid what happened at <laughs> our last primary with the printing issue? Mm-hmm. What, what very specific steps have been taken um, to make sure that never happens again?
2: Yeah. So, specifically, we have quality control and project management in place step-by-step whenever we're designing the ballot to printing the ballot to the quality control that happens at the print shop and then also in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, we are testing our ballots and doing our public tests. And a public test is when you run test ballots through to make sure What the tally system reads is what you are seeing on the paper. Mm -hmm. Um, We're running those tests with ballots produced by the same printer um, that, you know, is producing the ballots for, um, you know, the voting, the actual ballot ballots. Is
0: it it true that um, during the primary last year when this issue happened that... Th- this test was done, but it was done with ballots that were printed at the county and not the ones that were actually going to be used in the election. That is
2: that is my understanding. Yeah, okay. And whenever you prepare for anything, you want what's happening in your test to be as close to what's going to be happening sure. in real life. And yeah. so one of the first things we're, we're ensuring is that the ballots that we're testing with are the same ballots that are going to be run through that voters are voting on. Yeah. Um, and then we are also... Um, you know moving to again we're not using the same printer um, we're also going to be opening up a contract process so mm-hmm. that we can get a permanent printer on contract with the county that has ballot printing experience um, yeah. and that can be you know evaluated through the the RFP process yeah. um, so it's a very formal process and so you know we're going to be dotting all of our I's and crossing all of our T's our um, yes. Yeah, and then having that quality control um, as part of the contract, part of our processes. Yeah. Um, you know, Conducting elections doesn't happen just within the elections department. We have yeah. another number of vendors and partners that we have that we rely on for different parts of the process, but having that verification process to make sure it's all going well mm-hmm. um, from the very beginning is really important.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I think the last thing, Catherine, that I just wanna ask you about is, and, and I know you're, uh, again, just six weeks in, and, uh, and a lot of it's probably still, still new. Um, one thing that I've always appreciated uh, in, in talking with you and in, um, you know, seeing the different things that uh, came out of your, your campaign and your social media and things when you were campaigning. Um, but I mean, uh, just frankly, you know, the, the clerk's office is uh, you mentioned the records and things. It's a job that can be kind of one of your more boring jobs, right? <laughs> um, oh, I would I, disagree. <laughs> uh, I, well, that's what I was going to say, that I've always appreciated that you um have have always in a very kind of, uh, I don't know if I wanna use the word idealistic, but that you you, uh, kind of see the deeper ideals and the deeper meanings uh, to what can from the outside seem like a boring job. And and, um, now that you're in this role that you um, uh, campaigned for and and worked really hard to get, has 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 that kind of been preserved or even kind of been deepened when you kind of see uh i, I guess a deeper meaning to to the work um or, uh, is that kind of stro- even stronger for you now uh tell us just a little bit about what that has been like in your first six weeks?
2: Yeah, I mean, as I've settled into it a bit, I've really enjoyed being able to have a singular focus mm-hmm. on the purpose, yeah. um, in ensuring that every eligible voter, no matter who they are, mm-hmm. is able to vote without hassle, yeah, and then that those results are accurate, transparent, and trusted at the end of the process, yeah, um, and not having to di- divide time between being a candidate and being a public servant sure. has been fantastic. Yeah, um, I was a bit of a reluctant candidate, yeah, um, but. I am, you know, a very energetic and eager public servant, yeah. um, and really have enjoyed being able being able to focus on that. Nice. Um, if I can, I'd like to reiterate yeah, the, the deadlines for the May election. So you can file for office up until March 16th at five o'clock. Yeah. File for office in our office, which is in Oregon City on the Red Soils campus, um, and then that voters' pamphlet would be due if you're going to submit one on March 20th. Mm-hmm. The voter registration deadline, if you're new to Oregon, is April 25th, and then we're going to be ba- mailing ballots out uh, the day after that, April 26th, okay. and then election day is May 16th. So you either have to get your ballot into a drop box, you know, here at the library, or mail it before eight o'clock on that day.
0: And April 25th, I imagine, um, would be the date by which registered voters, if you need to make any changes, um,
2: actually, no. Um, you can make changes to your registration up until 8 o'clock on election night, oh. as long as you're already registered to vote in Oregon. Okay. So if you move to Canby from Oregon City, um, you can just update your registration, and then we'll make sure you get a ballot um, with the Canby races on it.
0: Okay, cool. Party affiliation for special districts probably is not a
2: Yeah, all of these positions are nonpartisan. Yeah. So um, like your party you affiliation different... does not matter um, yeah. in this case. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. What's happening in Westland? You said there's a special...
2: Oh, yeah, just briefly. um, So in the November ballot, there was a city council race and Mm -hmm. the directions were wrong on on the ballot. So we're having to do this election in March Um, the secretary of state issued a directive that Clackamas County would run the election for the city of Westland in March. And so there's two city councilors that are gonna be elected. And then in May, on the same May special ballot, the mayor position is going to be elected. Gotcha. Um, because the mayor is now the former mayor is now serving um, as a representative at okay. the state level. So okay. there's been a bit of a bit of musical Shuffle. chairs. Yes. Um, and <laughs> yeah. Does yes. So the city of Westland voters will get a number, get have at least two elections this year.
0: Okay. Interesting. Very cool. Um, anything else, Catherine, that you want to share with uh, the listeners or?
2: Yeah, just an invitation again to register to vote, mm-hmm. vote, um, run for office. And if you really want to get into it, um, volunteer mm-hmm. to work a few shifts at our office. We yep. welcome you.
0: Um, or uh, come come, just have a look. Like you said, yes, of course. Uh, once the, the counting starts, that's always kind of an interesting mm-hmm. thing. Just if you um, happen to uh, work a job or have, have the opportunity to be able to stop and see uh, it's kind of a neat thing.
2: Yeah, and our public tests are, we have a press release coming out with our public test for the March special election and then there'll be another one for May. So welcome to schedule. come watch yeah. the public test too. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Hey, I'm AJ,
0: I'm your uh, local Oddmo's franchise owner. I'm Mike, co-founder of Oddmo's. And we're the hosts of The Odd Pod, a podcast about life in the pizza industry. We're gonna have on some franchisees,
1: we're gonna have some different vendors on. We're gonna get a snapshot of what goes on behind the scenes in the, the pizza world.
2: Don't forget to tell them about the sports. They're sports. And the crazy wacky pizza that we have every Wednesday that we create. And we also have a special guest every week as well. And I'm Gage,
1: Oddpod's senior sports analyst. Gage, who gave you that title? me. Oh boy. Find us on Spotify and Apple Music and the Podbean. now hear this can be is produced by me Tyler Claussen our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie and of course our show is edited by Cameron Claussen we also feature the vocal talents of Joyce Strube and James Walden so a round of applause to them the song that you're hearing right now is "Canby" by singer songwriter Olivia Harms used with her permission to find more work from her you can visit her website Olivia 13.com now Hear This Camby is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Camby's locally owned, full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. I will take a motion to adjourn. (laughs) I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though.